welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker. I'm here with, as always, Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? Pretty good. It's a good Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and you're a Patriots fan. Yep, so I'm a nervous wreck right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you know what it's like to have a team in the Super Bowl, because I haven't (laughs) seen my team in the Super Bowl since, like, 2011. And I feel like I'm going to the Super Bowl every every year, every other year, um, with how it's been going lately. Big day for Boston today. (laughs) Yeah, we were watching the Bruins play before we recorded. The Celtics and Thunder about to tip. Like, literally as we're recording. And then the Patriots play tonight. It's a big Boston sports Boston day. Like, are they like the best sports city in America right now? I mean, if you're looking at the past couple of years, I mean, probably. Like they within the right last decade, there. like there's yeah. multiple championships for like every sport. Yeah, the Bruins have won, Celtics have won, Red Sox got over the curse, and New England. Yeah. I mean, you can't ask for much more as a sports fan than what I've got the last few years. The other argument would be maybe L.A. Like, with the resurgence of, like, pro football coming back. I guess. They had the USC. Like, the hype. Yeah. But not necessarily the championships. Yeah. Not the rings. Not the (laughs) rings. Yeah, tonight's going to be fascinating. We're both going to be watching the Super Bowl. It's going to be a fun game. Greatest show on turf 2.0 versus the Dynasty. I I know... I've, I, part of me says I'm confident, but part of me is like, man, the Rams look really good. They have a lot of they have a lot of stars. Yeah, CJ Anderson. Uh, <laughs> um, oh yeah, Todd Gurley. That's been a weird thing. That Todd Gurley thing. Yeah, um, I would rather make CJ Anderson beat us. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. But anyway. Anyway, back to basketball. Basketball. <laughs> NBA. Uh, re- remember, before we get into the episode, uh, to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch Pod. We would appreciate that very much. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, if you uh, search for Couch GM Podcast, you'll find us. Um, and if you aren't listening to us, find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. And um, we would appreciate a subscription or uh, follow, whatever your platform preference is. Just give us a like, follow, whatever it is. Um, let's get into a quick recap of episode 15. We also did episode 15 and a half because Anthony Davis requested a trade. Yeah, he did. <laughs> which was bonkers. Uh, so we talked about all-star starters, uh, Victor Oladipo's injury. We did, like I just said a couple seconds ago, trade, uh, trade emergency podcast for Anthony Davis. Memphis considers cleaning house, um, and we did uh, some Mike Conley trade destinations along with Mark Gasol. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which was New Orleans, and that kind of got blown up. Yeah. Over, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pacers and then Pacers moving forward without Old Depot and what that looks like and um, kind of some moves they can make with that. Matt's game of the week was uh, the Nuggets and Rockets, uh, which was an absolute just barn burner. Yeah, I mean they were in the the Nuggets were in the eighties at halftime. <laughs> that was so much fun. Like that game was so much fun. Uh, the Nuggets. Um, Ended up winning 136 to the Rockets 122. Matt predicted the Nuggets would win 127-122, hitting the Rockets score right yeah. on. <laughs> so I guess my like predicting ability has switched to you or like it's transferred. It's, it's just transferred because I mean like that that game was so much fun. Uh, my game of the week, as we just touched upon, is tipping. So we won't know the result until so, the next week's spot. Celtics are up six three right now. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so, unless the game ends, which it won't, we're not going to do, like, a two-and-a-half-hour podcast here. We may want to, but we're not. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll update you on that score next week. So, I'll have two Game of the Weeks to catch, catch up on. Yep. Um, Matt, there's a, the, the trade deadline coming up, there's a lot of news. Why don't you uh, catch everybody up on what they may have missed? So, the, the big part, and we'll talk more in-depth about this in a moment, but start off with... The Kristaps Porzingis. We did the emergency pod oh for God. AD, but we just didn't have enough time between that and this new one to get a emergency Kristaps pod in. <laughs> um, but Kristaps Porzingis got dealt um, stunningly with Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke going to the Dallas Mavericks for Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and two future first-round picks. Um, we'll talk about what those are going to be later. Um, a weird little part of the story that's come out is that 
Uh, one, Kristaps Porzingis uh, is not planning to play this year. Still rehabbing his ACL injury, which happened last February. Yeah. So it's taken him a full year plus. Um, but I'm sure on some level, Dallas knew that coming in. Also, though, with Kristaps Porzingis, he's reportedly not interested in a long-term deal with Dallas. Now, we'll see if that sticks once there's $100 million on the table. But that's... I, as a not basketball player, uh, turning down a hundred million dollar plus deal is—I mean, like coming so off bonkers. an ACL injury, yeah, like, you can't say no to a hundred million dollars. I'm not Kristaps Porzingis though, so he's got about a foot on me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. That's the only difference. That's true. I mean, unless I don't know. I feel like once he gets around Luca and like Rick Carlisle, Dirk, Dirk, yeah, like things might change. I feel like they will, but. As of right now, I mean, maybe going from New York to Dallas isn't exactly what he had imagined. I mean, for himself. like, if I'm like Chris Stops, I'm not going to say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to resign." Like, th- that takes away any leverage yeah. you have. And I'm wondering if like Dallas like wouldn't be offering him the full max, yeah. considering the ACL. Maybe he's using this as leverage coming back at them. Weird little bits we're going to get into here and uh, more. <laughs> Now, we talked about Anthony Davis on the emergency pod, but a couple other little details have come out since then. Um, an initial Lakers offer that's been reported that they that the New Orleans Pelicans turned down was an offer of Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo going back to New Orleans, <laughs> Michael Beasley, and a first-round pick. Like we said, New Orleans said no. As they should have that. That would have been like, like the this, worst trade ever. This is like a ten-year-old on two K trying to like finesse getting Anthony Davis to the Lakers, <laughs> like, and like, what's it, wrong? The money works. <laughs> it works, but like, uh, no thanks to like three of those players. Yeah. <laughs> that was just crazy. Like that was even an offer. You you know they're going to say no to that, but all right. A um, couple other things. Anthony Davis's dad, which never heard of Anthony Davis's dad before this, like never right. really said anything. Um, came out and made a statement that says they the reason they don't have Boston on their short list of teams that he would re-sign with is because of how Boston treated Isaiah Thomas um, you know, a year and a half ago coming off the hip injury. It's funny, it, I saw Kevin O'Connor retweet and say it's a bold statement to come out and say we don't <laughs> we don't <laughs> want to sign resign with Boston because of loyalty right after you just requested a trade from New Orleans. Even though your contract's not up for another two years. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there. So, as a, as a Boston guy, then, I'm, I'm a little bit suspect of what's going on. But at the same time, um, okay, okay. That's fine. I mean, you're not Anthony Davis, so I'm going to let AD make that choice. And then, last um, on this little bit of New Orleans news, the Pelicans are apparently... Not looking to trade Drew Holiday. Um, they're not really even answering the phone <laughs> about it. That's kind it. of interesting. So they're going, it seems, I guess, more in the retool than complete rebuild direction, mm. which I can't blame them. They're small market. But also that kind of alludes to me that they're not going to sell quick on AD. They're going to get back whatever they need to get back for Anthony Davis. Which is what we talked about on the emergency podcast. Yeah, that's why part of me still has the opinion that he's not getting dealt before the trade deadline. Rest in peace, our Toronto. What we talked yeah. about, getting Toronto making that push. Yeah, Toronto or, or like Denver we thought would be a fun one. Unless those teams just come back with a massive offer that would somehow even trump Boston's. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they would. So... I feel like Anthony Davis is going to stay a Pelican. I just wonder if he'll play any more games for the Pelicans. Other bit of news, um, the All-Star Reserves came out this week. So we had the starters last week. The reserves were announced this week. In the East, we have Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Bradley Beal, uh, Ben Simmons, Blake Griffin, Nikola Vucevic, honorary Dwayne Wade. I like that. I kind of like that. Through him and then Dirk in for the West. And then Victor Oladipo, but he's being replaced by D'Angelo Russell due to the injury. Um, And then in the West, we have Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, who I'm curious if he'll play or if they're going to get him an injury replacement also, um, just because of the finger-hand situation. But that'd be weird if he played in the All-Star game, but yeah. not play for New Orleans after that. But uh, Along with him, LaMarcus Aldridge, Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, and like we said, Dirk. So Dirk's going to have a busy weekend. He's in the three-point contest. Man, he's, he's coaching the world 
team that has Luca on it. <laughs> Did you see Luca's tweet at him? He was like, please don't yell at me. And he's like, you have to work for your son. <laughs> Too good. In an all-star <laughs> game. Uh, that That's perfect, Dirk. Dirk's, um, Dirk's a Hall of Famer. Like, first ballot Hall of Famer, Oh, of right? course. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, he won the championship, too. Yeah. Like, he's... he's he was a, an MVP one year, wasn't he? Two thousand. The year they lost in the 1-8 mm, in the first that's round. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he was so pissed about that. That then he went on, like, a five week like excursion to Australia to get away because <laughs> he was so mad yeah Dirk's great Dirk's a Hall of Famer um, so I'm glad him and Wade got in this way not in the fan vote yeah. way so it worked out in the end a um, couple last things LeBron made his return for the Lakers against the Clippers in a win and then this last bit although Wilson Chandler isn't like a very like big name or important player all-star type guy he's out two to three weeks with a strained quad and to me this could impact philly going into the trade deadline so i figured it was worth noting going forward if this is because we know like with quad injuries like these things linger for a little bit all-star break will help and that he gets essentially an extra week off but i don't know if it tempts philly to make a move so wilson chandler out a couple weeks for them their bench is pretty weak it is, and they kind of need Wilson Chandler. Yeah. They did beat the Warriors this week, though, so... Who knows? Who maybe knows? maybe you should just get rid of Wilson Chandler. So, on to our uh, newest segment on the podcast, uh, NBA Thought of the Week. Matt, why don't you start us off with your Thought of the Week? So, I was looking at the Eastern Conference um, with Oladipo going down and, and just some oddness going on out there. My, my Thought of the Week was... It's time for the top two to pull away. So both Toronto and Milwaukee have favorable schedules going into the break. They have, I think, each like six games left, five games left now, um, and only really one tough game, one or one or two. So that could easily be a 5-0 stretch going into the break, and that would... Not, I mean, obviously, like Boston's still in it. Philly is still in it for a top two seed, but that would put quite a bit of distance then between them with only about 30 games left in the year. So mine is go into the break as strong as you can. Take the basically week off yep. to, to recoup, but, but make these next four or five games just really statements for how the end of your year is going to go. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, Milwaukee beat Toronto this week too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of interesting there. Uh, my thought of the week is... Well, one player, Malik Beasley. Yeah, dude, dude is having himself had himself a week, and it's crazy because this is what contracts like. This is what how you get a big contract later on in your career. You just yeah. go on these stretches. Yeah. Um. He so to start off the week, he had 18 points off the bench um, against Memphis. He helped. Uh, Denver come back against Memphis from like a twenty four point deficit. Yeah, 25? yeah, something like that. Uh, hit some big shots down stretch, and then he got the start against your game of the week with Houston and scored thirty five points. Yeah, Jamal Murray was out and he just took over. I love it. Like if Malik Bleasy turns into like a six man for them and like is consistent scoring like 15 to 20 points for this Denver team. Like that significantly changes what this team can be. Um, and dude's only like 22 years old. So he's yeah. still on the young side. He's still on his rookie contract. Yeah. He is through till 2019, 2020, I think on his contract mm-hmm. and man, he's fun. He's just a fun player to watch. Like he yammed it. He's bouncy. Yeah. Like he's he's kind of got a stroke. Yeah. Like, he's just someone I would love to have on my team. And that that might be kind of interesting. Like if New Orleans, like it would be kind of risky for New Orleans. But like if you end up packaging Malik Beasley in for like an Anthony Davis thing, like you can kind of sell him high right now. Yeah, you can. He he wouldn't be the centerpiece of the deal. But if you're looking for like that second piece, right. maybe you could talk Millie Beasley up in that way based off of how this week or two have been going. He's had a good year, yeah. but not not this. This was the explosion with Jamal Murray being hurt. And maybe that's just so, like the opportunity some guy need, some guys need and yeah. um I don't know. I, I I'm he's one of those players I'm going to be curiously watching the rest of the season to see like his production because he could end up being like 
end up turning into what James Harden was for Oklahoma City. Not at the talent that James Harden is now. But the role. But the role. That, like, six-man come off bench, command the bench. Gives you that score. Yeah. And can play close games as well. Um, So, that's kind of my thought of the week. Malik Beasley, congratulations. Yeah. Now on to our first topic. And like we talked about... Kristaps Porzingis, Matt. What in the world happened? <laughs> like it was like a report around I don't know something like noon that he w- he wanted out, and there was like a few teams he wanted, and then like two hours later he went to Dallas, which was not one of those teams he wanted. <laughs> so I've listened to a couple. Of, I'm gonna kind of skip ahead here. No, go ahead. But it, like what? In the, like what? It, so, like, Zach Lowe tweeted out, like, watch out for San Antonio to get in the, like, Kristaps sweepstakes. Because mm-hmm. it's been reported that he's wanted to play with Pop. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, he's just off to Dallas. Like, Woj tweeted, like, 40 minutes before the deal. Like, within an hour, he was like, Kristaps had a meeting with New York management. Um, and it... It left the impression that he wanted to be traded. Whatever yeah. that means, left yeah. the impression. And then, like, 40 minutes later, he was on his way to Dallas. Yeah, just... It, like, I don't even know. Like, they've been talking about this for a little bit. Like, Dallas and New York over the last couple weeks. But, like, for it to just pop up when it did then, and as quickly as it did. Ironically, the day after the Knicks and the Mavericks played right. in New York and... what. Dennis Smith Jr. went for a triple double in that game. <laughs> Man, I I don't know. I don't know. like the Knicks get the best player they've had since um since like for what 15 20 years. You and Chris like I mean Prime Mello was good, but he didn't lead them to really much. Yeah. Outside of like the first year or two with the Knicks. But yeah, like the Knicks haven't had like that guy in what feels like forever. Since, like, the 90s? Yeah. When they had that team together? Like, they had the gap yeah. between what, yeah, like, literally feels like the Charles Oakley's of the world. And then to <laughs> now. Carmelo. And then, like, you kind of had Kristaps, and now you have nothing. But you him. had nothing around him, so he was literally carrying the team. Yeah. And they salary-dumped him. Like, they essentially salary-dumped him. Yeah. That's... So that's like, what was the motivation for the Knicks to make this moves? And I tweeted this out, but like, they're just betting on themselves. Which, if you're the Knicks, what about the Knicks in the last, since the turn of the century, makes you think that that is a good idea? When's the last time a free agent has willingly come to New York? Like, Mello, but like, he forced himself there in a trade. It was a free agent move. No, and that's just it, like... I know the player movement, big, like extravaganza has been really going on the last like 10 years or so, but even so, that's 10 years to like really like change this like landscape of the New York Knicks and they haven't done anything in that regard. And you had a guy like Carmelo, which is a Hall of Fame type player or Kristaps the last few years now and nothing's happened. Yeah. So, and you had the summer of 2016 and nothing happened. (laughs) Like you couldn't even get someone then. Um, So that's why I'm a little confused with why you would bet on yourself. Like, is this just James Dolan just having like just irrational confidence in himself again? Because they've only got $34 million on the books for next year. And because of non-guaranteed contracts, it can get down to $27 million if they want it to. Like, that's $80 million in cap space and really, like, $100 million before you hit the luxury tax. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with $100 million if you're the Knicks? <laughs> like, you better be getting... You better be getting, like, Kyrie and Durant. Yeah. Like, or, or Durant and someone else. Like, Jimmy at least one of those guys. And then, yeah, either than, like, the slight tier below them of, like, Kemba, Jimmy Butler, Clay's, I guess, in that second tier. But, like, and I say second tier, I mean, like, 1A and 1B yeah. tiers. Like, those are the types of guys. Tobias Harris. Like, you can't come out of this with just, like, Tobias Harris and Kemba Walker. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be a disappointment. Even though I really like both of those players. Like, those are two guys I really enjoy watching. That would be a huge those loss aren't max guys for the knicks yeah you can't be paying those guys 30 million dollars <laughs> you each. don't trade your best player in 20 years for kemba walker and tobias harris i don't think older yeah and it's like 
I mean, maybe Kristaps doesn't end up being as good as those two guys combined or even individually. But, like, he's 23, 22? Yeah. Like, you got to bet on Kristaps, like, getting better. Whereas, like, Kimba and Tobias, just using them as examples, like, those guys are already in their late 20s or about to hit the 30-year age mark. Like, what what happens if you don't, like, get, get the guys you want? Like, do you then go yeah go get three of those guys go get a Chris Middleton and like you just have a what Good like team? what what Question is this mark? like I don't know what that's the Pacers 2.0 yeah I mean is that, the, but even the Pacers have a dude have Victor Oladipo and, and I would consider Victor Oladipo better than any of those guys we just listed yeah. in that second tier I mean maybe Clay or Jimmy are at Victor's level but like He's young still. That's the thing. Like, he still has a ton of upside. Yeah. I know. Oh, God. Like, this is just what I think, though. Like, I ran, I did. I just put my hands, like, and covered my face whenever I saw this. I'm like, oh, my God. What are they doing? I started, like, massaging my temples. As, like, a Celtics fan, I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> but, like, as an NBA, like, fan, I'm like, you have to have, like, a wink and a nod deal. You have to place. have, like... A handshake. Like someone wrote something on a napkin at dinner, slid it across the table, and just like, okay. All right. (laughs) But even, like, the pick situation, they're going to be so bad. Like, they're going to be horrendous. So, like, Dallas is sending New York two future first-round picks. So, like, the deal with that is the Mavericks owe this 2019 pick to the Hawks unless it's in the top five, which it shouldn't be. Luka is going to carry them to being a better than that. Although the lottery might accidentally work in their favor. Yeah. So we're assuming Atlanta gets the pick from Dallas this year. That means Dallas will be sending New York a 2021 first and 2023 first. That second one is going to be like lottery protected. Yeah. So it's like, okay, those are, those are all right. Those are the years like the high school players might be able to come back into the draft. But if Dallas has Luca and Kristaps, and by that time, else. and by that time they would have had time to get another guy or build through the draft a little bit, maybe with one more, there those like aren't going to be top ten picks. No, like one of the second ones protected in that first one, I don't think is going to be a top ten pick either. It might be a late lottery pick. Right. It might also be a early twenties pick. So it's like that's not that value. I mean, it's valuable, but it's not Kristaps Porzingis. Right. So it's like, what, what was my, and if for some reason Dallas does keep their pick next year, 2020 goes to Atlanta and then that makes it the 2022 and 2024 that goes to New York. And so it's like, that just pushes it even farther and gives Dallas even more time to, to, to get better with Kristaps and Luca and get a guy and bit, get better. And like the, the thing was Zion this year, like if you're in the top, what, three, you all have the same percentage chance yeah. to get this. Really, even it just the way it works, even really top four. like So, like, what what is that? 25% less like, to get the first pick? Yeah, you, you have a 14. If you're in the number one team, like, so the Knicks right now are the worst team in the NBA yeah. record-wise. They're, they have a 14% chance of getting the one. That's awful. <laughs> like, you could, you have, like, you're going to... Probably just with the next luck, it feels like get the three or the <laughs> three four. or four. Like, and then you get a guy like the bottom of the second tier guys in the draft, and it's just like you did all that. Like, you have to like literally. And I I put this as a note. Like, pray for Zion. <laughs> like, like you have to. Like, you got to tank so. But like, you can't even say tank so hard because the same odds as right. If like the Suns end up with twenty wins and you only end with. 14 wins it's the same odds yeah like that it just it's it's one of those like that's the point of the lottery form though it's like you don't just tank every single game right you you play competitive and then if you happen to lose that's just a bonus for you last thing on the Knicks side is uh they have a game today on we're recording this they're actually playing the Grizzlies that's a terrible game but like DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews are playing for this team right now um as as we speak do do we expect them to stay on this team? No, I don't think so. I hope not. I mean, like, wh- <laughs> like what? 
like Dennis Smith Jr. is a good player, but like Wes Matthews isn't doing much. He wasn't doing much in Dallas. DeAndre Jordan essentially what you would hope DeAndre Jordan would do would be jump, catch lobs, and defend the rim. He hasn't been doing that this year. (laughs) He's been better at free throw shooting. I'll give him that. But yeah, no, like he hasn't been doing what DeAndre Jordan in theory is supposed to do. And he would just be taking minutes away from like Mitchell Robinson, the young center they drafted this past year. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, maybe he's a good mentor if you consider DeAndre Jordan a good mentor. I have no idea. But like, I don't know if that's worth keeping around. He's a free agent. So I mean, he's an expiring contract. Yeah, you get the cap space. So maybe you just like eat it. But at the same time, like, could you, I don't know, not trade him again? Flip him? Flip him for, I don't know, something, or buy him out and save yourself a little money? I mean, I feel like he would want to get bought out. He wants to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I. that's why I don't imagine him staying around, really. Maybe he, I don't know, maybe he just likes the idea of, like, playing for the Knicks. Like, that'd be cool. I mean, he, but like, he played in Los Angeles for a whole bunch of years, so maybe he likes Big City. Yeah, I, I'm just really... To me, like, he has to move on. Same thing with Wes Matthews. Like, you may not be able to get much for Wes Matthews, but I would gauge the trade market for him. And then, yeah, buy him out. Maybe save yourself some money if you're the Knicks. If money's that important and you feel like you might be getting into the luxury tax pretty pretty soon, like, just having a couple million in your pocket might be kind of nice if you're the owner of the team. Yeah. Now, maybe a couple million doesn't really matter to the owner of the Knicks, but, like... Yeah, I don't know. This just feels like such an incomplete deal. You got essentially, it feels like you're getting Dennis Smith Jr. cap space and two way down the line future picks for Chris Dops and a couple decent rotation players. It's hope. Like that's like they traded their best player for hope. <sighs> that, to me, that's not even hope, though. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like, not. Like it is. It is hopeful. Like, but like let's. If it, like Kyrie, let's take Kyrie go down this rabbit hole, okay. for example. It's a rabbit hole I personally do not want to go down. But, so, I- <laughs> but I mean, like it benefits Celtics because what they just did was get rid of the young piece. Like yeah, Kyrie's, what would change from going to Boston to New York? If anything, like New York still has like Kevin Knox on their team for next year, Frank Nilakita. Um, now Dennis Smith Jr., Alonzo Trier, Mitchell Robinson. Those You're are all still guys. Dang, dealing That's five guys who are all 23 and under who like are going to want playing time. Let's assume that... Like, the Celtics go deep into this year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to fix any of those issues you come back to the Knicks with. Like, no. Dennis Smith Jr. has no idea how to win. Kevin Knox has no idea how to win. He knows how to play. But, like, all your complaints this year about young Celtics guys are going to be the same with the Knicks. If you feel like you're going to get frustrated with uh, Jalen Brown playing offense, just wait till you come play with Frank Nielakita. Jesus. Like, <laughs> and, like, you just hit him wide open in the corner, and he just... Passes it back out. <laughs> Does like, the Jackie Moon just pass it back? <laughs> like, no, <nah>, I'm good. <laughs> like, I just, like, don't think... I don't see Kyrie saying, yes, I would rather put my... Like, him going to L.A., that's... Yeah, like, I could see that. But, like, the Knicks, for me, like, this hurts the Knicks so much because you're not... You're not getting anything in return, really. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to get anything. Like, Kevin Durant's not going to come to New York. Like, he's just not. <laughs> he's killing let's just, those dreams. Let's just put it this way. He's not. Like, if he's going to go to a team, he's going to either resign with... Um, he's going to probably resign with Golden State. Like, he's just going to keep doing one-on-ones. Like, that's what I would do. I mean, that's probably how you make the most money. Honestly, because you, if assuming that the salary cap keeps increasing, like that's honestly because it's that's based off of percentage, the max, and he's going to keep making all NBA teams and all star. Like, yeah, it, I could see it. I that might mean they have to move off of Clay or Draymond, but I could see it. Like, uh, the the Knicks deserve Draymond Green at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like next season, that's who they deserve to sign. So that, that's my thing. Like. Like these reported players coming to New York, it's not. It's not going to happen. I don't believe it. Like, put me on freezing cold stakes, but like, I just don't see this. Like, why would Kevin Durant going from the be- go from the best team in the league to literally the worst team in the league right now? Yeah. Like what? What? Like what? Business sense. Like in Golden State, you're getting this more media attention. 
you're getting like you're still going to be praised. You're still going to win finals MVP cuz Steph Curry can't figure out the finals. Yeah. Like you still get all the praise and you don't really have to do much in the regular season. If they if he went to the next if him and Kyrie ended up going to the next, they would have to play 82 games each one of them. Yeah. Like and that, they would they have to play 30 off. to 40 minutes. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, the NBA standings, the Warriors have 37 wins right now. The Knicks have 10. Like, do <laughs> you... Today, like, you want to deal with that. And James Dolan, you no. want to deal with that. No, I don't. Yeah, that, of course not. Like, it's... it's have Go to an Eastern... If you want to play in Madison Square Garden, go to an Eastern Conference team where you play there more than one, one, one time a year. Yeah. I... I agree with you. Like, the Knicks, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Because they haven't shown they can build a team. They haven't shown they can draft a team. Like, I, I saw this floated around. It's like the Knicks' first-round picks, dating all the way back to 1994. No first-round pick for the Knicks has, like, picked up, like, that second contract for them since Charlie Ward, who was picked in 1994. Yikes. Like, because Kristaps was going to be the next one. And then he didn't. Like, that's how bad of a drafting team this has been over the last literally two and a half decades. And they haven't shown they can do it in free agency like we talked about. It was the Carmelo trade that even made them semi-relevant. And And they were relevant for a season. Yeah. So, like, to me, why would you go to the Knicks whenever you could just go across... Go across town and go to like the Nets, Brooklyn. Who, who has? They are at fifty-four million on the books for next year. It could get down to about fifty million, and that's basically two max cap slots. And then they'd probably be willing for that team to go into a luxury tax. Then after that, to me, like, why would you go with the Knicks whenever you could go play for the Nets? Like that's the thing. Like, you could pick any Eastern Conference team and say, like, why not go play there? Yeah, in, in comparison, I, yeah, the Knicks have shown me nothing. They've shown me nothing, and this deal just, per, like, perpetuates that thought even more. Like, I feel like they're warming up to sign Jimmy Butler to, like, a ridiculous... Jimmy like, Butler just seems like the perfect guy to go to this Knicks team. After everything he's done in the last, like, two years... That seems fair. Like, it seems like they were meant for Him and Jabari Parker are going to be on Please. the same team. <laughs> Please. That's going to be amazing. Are we done talking about how god-awful the Knicks are? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's go into actually something that's fun. The trade deadline. Yes. This is going to be our trade machine, which, like, the trade machine was, like, broken for me today, so I only came up with two, but whatever. Cool. Um, the trade deadline is this Thursday, February 7th. <laughs> And I think it's going to be kind of a... It's We might, like... It might feel like a lot will go on, like, a lot of news. Like, oh, an AD deal is about to happen, and then nothing It happened. doesn't. So, I feel like it's going to be, like, an exciting trade deadline, but not, like, a, a lot of, like, substance going yeah. into the trade deadline. Yeah. So, do you want to start us off with this one? Sure, I can start us off. I'm going to do a Homer... Uh, uh, trade deadline. That's oh, all right. I have one of those too. Because <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna t- uh, Oklahoma City will give up Patrick Patterson um, because he's on a player option. Is that what you said? Uh, for yeah, he has a player option for next player year. option and it's OKC second round pick to Memphis and uh, Oklahoma City would get back Justin Holiday, who they just Memphis just traded for like a month and a half ago mm-hmm. from Chicago. Another 3 and D guy who kind of makes, I feel like, would just add wing depth to this Thunder yeah. team that they kind of need it, especially because Alex Brinus has been out for like a month for personal issues, and it was never disclosed like why he yeah. was out. And Andre Robertson still having his setbacks. Yeah, and like uh, Terrence Ferguson, I talked about him last week in my thought of the week. He's a good player, but like when it comes to playoff time, like... You just need guys who can... Sh- I'll say, what if someone's having an off night? Yeah. Like, you got to have someone who, like, all right, you're you're off, let's put in the next guy. Yeah, and I feel like Justin Holiday can fill that role. Um, and it would kind of help Oklahoma City with um, salary cap situation a little bit um, because Justin Holiday is on an expiring deal. I think he's on a... This is last year on the deal, right? Yeah. Um... So, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like a 
eh, whatever move. But I think it's kind of important for Oklahoma City to get that wing but depth right now. That's related to my thought of the week from last week is go get yourself like an elite-style defender yeah. on the wing or the guard position. And Justin Holiday, I don't know if he's hyper elite, but he's a well above average defender. And that's kind of what the Thunder need. Like, uh, Paul George has just, like, destroyed the East Coast this last yeah. week, week and a half. And, like, it, that has to come to crashing at some point. Like, we've seen, like, James Harden kind of cool off recently. He's still playing. Like, he's still hit, putting up 30 points, but it's not, like... It's not 56. Yeah, it's not 56. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at with this trade line line. I feel like this we're gonna see a lot of these types of moves, just like tangential. Yeah, useful. Useful, but not necessarily like wow, that's big name. Yeah, I understand that. And I, for Memphis, you get a pick. Patrick Patterson, in theory, still a decent player. And maybe, he'll help you tank. <laughs> he'll help you tank. Yeah, he'll he could probably honestly help out Jaron Jackson Jr. because yeah. they have similar style games. Jaron Jackson Jr. is taller and better, but similar style games. So, yeah, I, I would understand that for both teams. So, uh, all right. So, my first one. So, mine's going to be a homer one. And not between just this one, but the other couple I have thought of. I wanted to do something that involved, like, the Mavericks, since they seem to be, like, in that kind of mode. Because their, their trade didn't. It's not going to make them better this year. In, no, in my opinion, no. like, because Kristaps isn't going to be playing, so they might be looking to maybe move off some more pieces. Um, also, like, maybe they're unsure of what the Kristaps situation is moving forward, because like they could offer him a lot of money moving forward, like a five-year, hundred fifty million dollar extension, or it could just be a qualifying offer next year for four and a half million. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they're not probably really sure where they are. So I don't know if that motivates them to make more moves or not. Um, so I was unsure what to do with them. So I decided not to use um, Dallas in a trade. Instead, um, like I said, I'm going to do a homer one also because part of me kind of wants Boston to shake things up, and this one shakes things up a, a bit. So in this one, I have Gordon Hayward and Jabari Bird. Ooh. And now um, to the West Coast, going out to Sacramento. In exchange, um, Amon Shumpert. Boyan, or no, Boyan, Bogdan, Bogdanovich, Ben McLemore, and a um, and a future lottery protected first going to Boston, because this would mean Gordon Hayward is valuable. Yeah. So that's why I would have a pick going to Boston. Now Sacramento already owes a pick to Boston, so it it would be a heavily protected. Right. That would probably just convey to future seconds, not future first. Um, but in theory, for this Sacramento, you don't get free agents either. Yeah. Similar to that Dallas mindset, like, you can have money, but that doesn't mean anything's going to really come of it. So you honestly buy pretty low on Gordon Hayward right now, who, if he comes back, we've seen Gordon Hayward really do some All special start. things in Utah. Yeah. Um, and then for Boston and this idea, Amon Shumpert, he's on the last year of his deal, so he'd be useful um, for this year. Boyan Bogdan, or not Boyan, Bogdan. Oh, man, him and his brother. Um, <laughs> he's on a good deal. It's only $9 million this year, and then actually descends to 8.5 next mm. year. So that's a nice contract for your Boston um, to have on the books. And then also Ben McElmore, he's at 5.5 this year, and then it's done. He's just throwing in for salary. And then, like I said, that pick, it would probably be like top. I'd said lottery. It could even be like top 20 protected and yeah. then conveys to future seconds. Um, not even in the 2019 draft. It could be future. Like, yeah, 2020, 2022 even. Um, so that way it's not really – Sacramento wouldn't feel that bad about it. So Sacramento would buy low on Gordon Hayward, but then Boston would get two guys and Amon Shumper and Bogdan Bogdanovich. That would be helpful for this year. And I feel like both of those guys, Shumper kind of fits in that – Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart mold, where it's just like you, this is going along with that get that defender thought, like with Justin Holiday or that I mentioned last week, get that type of defender. And then Bogdanovich is a shooter. Yep. And just that bench could really use someone like that who can just come in and he doesn't need 30 minutes a night. He can come in and operate in 15 to 25 minutes and put up his shots and, and still play really well. Like this year, Bogdanovich is uh, he's played in 40 games. He's averaging 28 minutes a game. 
and he's shooting he's honestly having a down year he's shooting 35% from three mm. so he shot 39% last year I feel like some, he's I watching him I feel like he's closer to what he was last year or he's trending that direction so I feel pretty good about him he's used to coming off the bench he's only started eight games this year so that's just the type of guy who would know his role that Boston could really benefit and would be super useful in the playoffs going forward yeah, the Celtics. That I, I like the move for Sacramento because um, then you get you feel like you have this like core. Gordon Hayward's locked up for multiple years. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Darren Fox, Gordon Hayward, Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley, and you'll probably have another pretty decent draft pick. Yeah, this year. Yeah, like that's just kind of the thing. Like Sacramento probably has to start thinking about like okay, if we have we have the guard. Right, we got the big, and they only have fifty million on the books for next year, um, right now. And that could be bumped down to like forty-seven, forty-eight. But if you're Sacramento, like I don't know why you'd do that. You just keep the minimum guys you have. So you're at fifty million dollars. What are you doing with fifty million dollars next year? To me, so it's like you're tacking on essentially twenty million dollars. So you'd still be at seventy million dollars only on the books. So that's yeah. still. $35 million plus in cap room going into the summer, but you have Gordon Hayward and, like you said, Fox and Bagley. You can build around that along with your pick. Yeah. Probably flip the pick if you wanted to. Yeah. And maybe like you're not going to get one of those higher-end free agents we were talking about like with the Knicks, but those second-tier type guys, maybe like some of that money dries up a little faster than maybe like... Chris Middleton would want. Yeah. And you go get one of those guys. I mean, uh, money speaks. And, like, if Milwaukee can't come up with a deal that Chris Middleton would be interested in, like, it, he, it would and make you sense. can offer him $25 million. Yeah. Like, that That might be tough to turn down. Especially for Chris Middleton, who's coming into 27, 28 years old, right? Yeah, he's older. Um I can pull that up real quick, but I'm just imagining like that starting lineup then with like Fox healed Middleton. Hayward's a bigger guy. Like people don't realize yeah. how big he, he is. And then Marvin Bagley at the five. Yeah. Chris Middleton's 27. That's turns, a, that turns could be 28 a in August. Playoff team in the West. Why not? <laughs> like, like I that mean, seven to eight seed is definitely open. If, if the Clippers with their team is making it, why wouldn't that team yeah. make push at least the Clippers for yeah. one of those bottom spots? To me, like that type of a move and knowing like that could be your future trajectory if you play your cards right, or maybe it's not a Chris Milton, maybe it's a Tobias Harris, someone like that. Right. Like, that's a good team. Like, yeah. That's a really strong team. And you bank on De'Aaron Fox developing, you bank on Marvin Bagley developing, some of the other young guys like Harry Giles. Like that's that's what Sacramento has to do. They're not building through free agency. Right. With, the Kevin Durant types. Right. Even though they might think they want to. You may want to. A lot of teams want to. Right. <laughs> but you ain't at that level. Yeah. I kind of like that. Um, so, <laughs> my my next one. Do it. I, I think it's just kind of uh, Do it. pie in the sky. But I, I kind of like this for Orlando because if it works out, you get a former number one over pick, overall pick. So, my next is Markel Fultz, a 2020 first-round pick that's protected to Orlando for Nikola Vucevic. Yes. <laughs> to get, f- get Vuce on a winner. <laughs> uh, he's an all-star, which he was just an all-star reserve. But I feel like he this would help with their bench, Philadelphia's bench, because he, he would have to come off the bench. But, like, he's an expiring contract, and it yeah. gets you off Markel Fultz, who... You don't have to deal with that drama anymore. Yeah. Like, that's valuable. So, just move on. And this gets Orlando, like, the promise of a point guard. Yeah, and maybe that's Orlando's borderline getting swindled. But but, like, but you drafted Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac. And right. you have Aaron Gordon, who you just signed to a four-year extension. So, that's the thing. Like, if Markel Fultz comes back, and isn't an all-star... But a decent... A serviceable NBA point guard. A serviceable NBA point guard. You have a core there. That's, that's four guys. Pretty good. Yeah. And then you can fill out the rest of, like, the Evan Fournier's of the world. Yeah. Like, for Orlando, like, that's a, 
that's about as promising as Orlando's been. And that's this is kind time. of the I think like Orlando's the type of team that Fultz needs to go to to kind yeah. of get away from NBA drama and just go play. Just go play and yeah. figure it out. You don't have to be good. Just figure it out. You're not say, you're not on a win now timeline. I'll say if if you ever feel start feeling that pressure to just throw the ball inside to Mo Bamba and then yeah. just like watch him flounder in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, like and like Orlando has reportedly really want wants to make the playoffs this year, so they're probably not gonna trade Vucevic, but like you have to kind of roll the dice because he's probably not gonna resign with Orlando. Knowing that you just drafted guys at his position, yeah, like, I feel like on like he he's really made his way in Orlando. Like he's built a, a pretty decent career for himself. But on some level, like that only means so much whenever the team's drafting multiple guys at your position. And he's kind of shooting the like he's only taking on an average like three attempts a game, but he's hitting like thirty seven from thir- three point range, thirty eight percent, which like. Teams will spend a lot of money on that kind of He's dude. Better at that than Joel Embiid. Ooh, that's not even hot. Well, that uh, uh, that would be another issue um, that El- Elton Brand and company would have to figure out is the spacing would just like get destroyed. Like you couldn't play them together. Yeah, you but couldn't. I mean, maybe you don't want Joel Embiid playing forty minutes a game. And that's either. that's the other thing that we talked about earlier is like you can't have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid playing. 40 yeah. minutes a game like Especially 42 44 minutes a and game the, going down the stretch going into the playoffs like you want to get those guys if you can like Rest. secure your seating secure the top four maybe even if you can bump Boston yeah. and stay at the three and then yeah try and see if you can save some games with Joel either not playing or playing 25 minutes something like that and honestly like the contract's not that bad for Vucevic like it's only twelve million, and it expires. And it expires after the off season. So if you feel like, again, it would be like in the Jimmy Butler. Like if you feel like it doesn't work or isn't going to mm-hmm. work, you're off of yep. him. He's probably not going to sign with Philadelphia either because of Joel Embiid. Exactly. Um, but it, it just gives you another guy off the bench who can play in the playoffs. And if you feel like you can push. Boston or Milwaukee or Toronto to six, seven games, like he might be a guy who can steal you ten minutes of really good basketball yeah. in a in a game that you desperately need. Yeah. And just about anything this year would be better than how Amir Johnson and well, that's Mike Muscala has been playing. <laughs> that's the thing. You look at their bench, Bigs bench, and it's like Mike Muscala. Jonah Bolden's been their best big man off the bench this year, and he's like in his first NBA season. Yeah, that's not overseas good. overseas last year. <laughs> that's not good. I don't know. I just think it would be kind of an interesting move for both teams. I don't know if either team would go for this. Um, I feel like Orlando would probably say yes. I feel like Philadelphia would say no because they want more for yeah. Fultz. Probably. But you're getting an all-star out of him. Exactly. You flip him for an all-star, and you can actually say that now. Nikola Vucevic is an all-star, and he deserved it this year. Yeah. He's he's been incredible. 20 points a game. Um, how many rebounds? Like, he's 75% on free throws, which is pretty good for big men. I don't know. Like, four assists a game. I'd say he's done everything. 12 rebounds a game. He's essentially just carried Orlando. That's a double-double player. I'll say, I think he's even had a couple triple doubles this year. But yeah, like, he's just been on a tear. Like, that's valuable. He's a guy like that who really just wants to win and has proven, like, he can carry a terrible team. Yeah. Because Orlando is a bad team to even being in a contention in the East, which I know it's the East. We make fun of the East, but, like, that's, that's worth something. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I think this would be best for Markel Fultz, too. I think his camp would probably say yes to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so my second one I've got for us. This is not a flashy one at all, like at (laughs) all. This is the complete opposite of that. But this is one of those super useful trades that I think both teams would go for. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if this one like very truly actually happens. So in this idea, I'm using Portland and Atlanta. Atlanta would be receiving Myers Leonard. He's at something like $11 million here. Caleb Swanigan and a first-round pick. It's reported Portland Portland is willing to deal with their first-round pick this year because their GM hates drafts. Um, <laughs> first-round pick to Atlanta. And in exchange, the Portland Trailblazers would be receiving Torian Prince and Dwayne Dedman. Mm. Um, honestly, they would probably... 
Atlanta would probably also have to receive a p- second round pick or two. Yeah. Probably probably two. So I would add that in. So two so a first round pick and two second round picks going to Atlanta, getting back Torian Prince and Dwayne Dedman. Not that Torian Prince is a bad player, not that Dwayne Dedman's a bad player. They've just kind of fallen out of love with Toronto. Um, it's been mutual. So if you're Atlanta, you're getting a pick. In the first, you're getting a couple seconds. Atlanta's just trying to buy on as many guys like that as they can. Myers Leonard has been okay in spots for Portland this year. They just have big men like Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic, who they'd rather develop um, more going forward. Myers Leonard, though, is only 26, about to turn 27, and his deal expires after next season. So for a guy like that who is a good three-point shooter, he's shooting 47% from three Holy on, crap. On, on two attempts a game. But, like... He's heading one of those. Yeah. And if you're Atlanta and you are a team that is built in the Golden State model, they have their front office is basically half of what Golden State had. Um, okay. Yeah. Stretch stretch big who can shoot. Um, they, they would love that. Yeah. And um, shoot a lot of threes. So... And he's on a, he's expensive for what he is, but part of it's just him and Portland just never really worked well. So you get him, you get some picks um, for Atlanta. I think that's just about as as good as you can get. And then Torian Prince is a useful small forward. I feel like Portland needs wings. Yeah, I mean that that would give some wing depth. He's been good. He's been good. Yeah, I think he's a really solid player. Like, I don't know if he's great at anything, but he's good at pretty much everything. Um, so and he's on a super friendly contract. He's only at like two and a half this year, and then he's at three and a half next year. Mm. He's only twenty four, turns twenty five in March. So it's like he's still relatively young. He's on a good contract. Um, he's kind of fallen out of good graces with Atlanta this year, but he's shooting thirty six percent from three this year. He shot thirty eight and a half percent last year. Six attempts per game in both of those seasons. Like, that's what Portland needs. Portland's another shooter because, like, Mo Harkless just, I'm sorry, he's just not getting it done for me in (laughs) Milwaukee, or in, um, not Milwaukee, in Portland. Like, I'm just, I'm not crazy about what they have. Like, Evan Turner. Like, I hate Evan Turner. Like, he is, like... Everything I, to, everything I dislike about NBA basketball is just wrapped up in Evan Turner. Long twos. Long twos, can't shoot threes, thinks he's a really good passer, but he has shown time after time he's going to commit costly turnovers, but he'll pad the stats enough to make you pay him a lot of money and just <laughs> handicap your team. So play him, but just not in the role that they have been. Torian Prince helps that out. And then since you're trading a big in Myers Leonard, who is semi-useful, you get back Dwayne Dedman who is on a expiring contract at just over seven million dollars so if anything if you're portland like you're easing that tax bill for future years because i just feel like they're we've talked about it before their their situation financially is just a mess they have 125 million dollars committed for next year already so you could get off 11 million by getting off myers leonard so that would help you get out some and then do a little bit of work in free agency. You can still play Zach Collins, the young guy you drafted out of Gonzaga last year. Yeah. You can still play Yusuf Nurkic and Al Farouk Aminu as your starting bigs. It works out. Dwayne Dedman's basically what Myers Leonard is, but he's on a better contract and he's a little bit... He seems to be a little more like a team player than what Myers Leonard has shown, and, and he's played his role well. He's accepted it, and maybe that's just it. As much as anything, we've talked about that. Know your role. Play mm. it well. Dwayne yeah. Dedman will do that. So that's why I would feel pretty good about this deal for Portland going forward. Yeah, you lose picks, but like we, I joked, but I'm kind of serious. Neil Olshay does not really <laughs> care much for the draft. Yeah. So <laughs> Portland, you don't have to deal with that, and you get some flexibility going forward along with helping out your team this year. Since Trade Machine was was not doing what Ryan was wanting it to do, um, I had one more. So I'll just go ahead and say it since I came up with it. Um, quickly, I had Utah and Miami doing a deal. So mm. Utah um, gets James Johnson and Wayne Ellington. Both guys I, I feel like, like could be helpful because James Johnson can either start or if you prefer starting Jay, um, Jay Crowder, he can be your backup for. 
And then Wayne Ellington is on an expiring deal. Another shooter, another good guy to just have on your bench with like Kyle Korver type. Can you like that spread offense? If you really want to run Donovan Mitchell at point, like if we think that's his best kind of playoff position at least, which I think it is, you could surround him with Kyle Korver and Wayne Ellington, and then just like go Jay Crowder it. and Rudy Gobert. So you got defense on inside and then shooting all around them. Man, they like, need because <laughs> uh, otherwise this, your backup small forward is Tabo Savalosha. At this oh jeez, at this point. Utah needs all the help they can get. They're in the seventh seed right now. Um, I would say they went on a run, and then they've they've kind of started to cool back off again. Um, and they could be in danger of borderline not hosting. They're probably not going to host a playoff thing at this point, a playoff series at this point. No, but I feel like they really want to ice bump up a spot because you at this point we pretty much know it's going to be the Nuggets and the Warriors and the 1-2. Yeah. And so you really don't want to be in that 7-8 slot. You can catch up to Houston and maybe San Antonio. I'll say you're only a game behind Houston right now and two behind San Antonio. You're honestly only three behind Portland for the four seed. Yeah. So I think that's reasonable. I think they just need another little spark. They've shown like they'll do a deal, like they did Jay Crowder last year. Yeah. They've they got Kyle Korver earlier this year. And what I particularly like about this for Utah is so Wayne Ellington expires. James Johnson is on the books for a little bit longer. James Johnson recently signed a deal where he has this year, next year at fifteen, and then the year after that at sixteen. But that's a player option. So mm. I don't know. I feel like he would pick that up, but if he doesn't okay you get off of Derek Favors for next year and in this deal Derek Favors goes to Miami with a 2019 lottery protected first yeah because again this helps Miami because Miami is another team that's just painfully in mediocre mediocre and just can't get out of their own way in terms of salary like Miami's Salary for this year is 158 million. Holy God! And then next year it's already um, at 133. Like, That's like what the Thunder are at, and they have at least two All Stars yeah. on that team. And so it's like it this deal because you can waive Derek Favors; he's non guaranteed um, till like the first week of July. So like you you could waive him and get off of his money and get down under the tax. And I mean you might have to be creative then going forward still to like stay under the tax if you really wanted to. But like this could desperately help Miami in that way because you don't want to be paying the repeater tax Mm-mm. to not make the playoffs or sneak into the East as the eight. Yeah. Especially to that level. Get balanced in the first round. So like oh. M- Miami would get a pick um, and if it's lottery protected, I imagine you that would convey then because Utah's not missing the playoffs. Yeah, so it would convey. So Miami would probably get a pick at like between sixteen and twenty. You can that's okay. It's not great, but it's a cheap guy you could have on your roster that wouldn't put you over the tax. Right, and then you could get Derek Favors out of there because you could just yep. wave him. Whereas James Johnson's on the books. He's on a team option too, isn't he, Derek Favors? Yeah, it's a team option. Team so, option. well, it's technically non-guaranteed. So it's like an eighteen million dollar deal, but. It, because of the way they structured it, the the team has, I think, two weeks into July, a week or two into July, to waive him, and it's a non-guaranteed second year. Okay. So essentially a team option is what it is, but it's not technically, technically, a team technically called that because there is a date on it. But anyway, so yeah, so it helps Miami out with flexibility. Honestly, at this point, like Derek Favors, it's just another guy on your team, but you know, whatever. Um but you get a pick. You get some flexibility. Utah, this is actually helpful for Utah. and They get some shooting. Yeah, shooting. And James Johnson, I feel like, is a defender that would work well in the Utah system. So I like it for both teams. It's, again, a fairly marginal move. But one, like, when we talk about how big this free agent summer is going to be, like, this is impactful in that way, too. Yeah. So I, I, I don't have, before we wrap this up, I have one player I've been thinking about. Uh, and I tried to do a trade machine thing with him today, but I couldn't. Is J.R. Smith. He hasn't played since, like, the beginning of the season. He's just been in exile. <laughs> but I feel like the Cavs will want to get off of him, get off that money. Oh, of course they do. But, but who's taking him on? Like, who wants another shooter? That's, a lot of teams want shooters, but... Not J.R. Smith. Smith at the money he's going to be Because he's at 14 and a half this year. God, uh... 
I mean, I know where they did the deal, but I don't know who you get to take him at this point. Like, you gotta... I don't know. I don't know who takes J.R. Smith, because he's got this year and next year. So next year, though... Oof. So next year, I'm looking at his contract. Um, So... 2019 2020 it's only partially guaranteed for four million dollars so even though it's a 16 million dollar deal they if you waive him you only have to pay him four million of it so like it's a hit but it's not that bad um gosh who would take jr smith like like what playoffs team would just like gamble on him because he's 30, what, 33 now? He's older, yeah, 33. He, he's only played in 11 games this season, so, like, what kind of shape is he in? Yeah, hold on, let me pull up a team real quick, because one just popped in my head. I'm thinking, I don't know if they can make this work, oh, but God. just as, like, a great spite to all that's happened to them, could Toronto go get him? And dump CJ Miles. He hasn't done anything. That's yeah. the, that's the one guy I was kind of like, hmm, maybe. Could you dump CJ Miles and Norman Powell and like a first round pick to Cleveland for? I mean, it's not going to be a good pick, so maybe Cleveland would bite on that. I mean, like and like Toronto, you don't really need it because you have. <laughs> But you've picked so well. Yeah. Like, I mean, at this point, like, it's going to be a 25 to 30 pick. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, but, like, that's just, like, a Norman Powell's at, like, 9 million. And then CJ Miles is, like, 8 million. So it makes the money work. Um, the pick was there. Yeah. I don't think they would do it. I don't think Toronto would want that. But... It's not like those other guys are giving him anything. So you can probably structure it another way than that. But in his eleven games, he's shot uh, three and a half three point attempts per game, but only hitting thirty percent, thirty one percent. Just talking um, for nothing. I mean, maybe like talked a whole bunch of crap on Colin Sexton. And then Colin Sexton's, like, been playing pretty well. Yeah. I don't know, maybe C.J. Miles plus DeLon Wright. That would put you at, like, $11 That would probably also get the deal done, relatively speaking. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, a team like that could use, like, one last guy for the bench. Yeah. And off the top of my head, like, I'm not really seeing much. That really just gets me going. So, uh, that's just kind of interesting. He's just going to be an exile getting paid by the Cavs. Alright, and then he'll get waived for next year. He'll get his $4 yeah, million for the four. Cavs and be a free agent. I was kind of thinking, In the if they could work a buyout, maybe Houston would take him. Yeah. Then, I don't know what kind of buyout like he would want, though, because he's going to want to get that $4 million next year, yeah. plus the money this year. I mean, that... There aren't many guys at that high of a number getting bought out. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe, like, we talked about DeAndre Jordan possibly getting bought out, but it, that all just depends on, like, how much you're willing to get back. And I don't feel like J.R. Smith is... I feel like J.R. Smith is honestly kind of cool just being, like, he's, like, going to, like, Knicks games and stuff. <laughs> like, he's just cool living his life and still getting paid to do nothing. Yeah. Just rest, take the year off. It's kind of interesting. I, I, I've thought about him in the last couple of weeks. It's like, man... Where's J.R. Smith and what is he doing? Just hanging out, I guess. That's what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. He just goes to basketball games. He just kind of... Be- he's around. Good for him. Good for him, I guess. You got your ring. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the game of the week, wrap this up, and then get on to Super Bowl Day festivities because I'm really excited for the Super Bowl. So what's your game of the week, Matt? So on Tuesday, uh, February 5th, Raptors at 76ers. This is like the one tough game for the Raptors going into the All-Star break. So I feel like they're really going to bring it here. Um, it's going to be at 7 p.m. Central Time, broadcasted on TNT. Uh, because of what I just talked about, Toronto, I feel like they're going to come out and, and play well, assuming everyone's healthy in that game. Um, I got Toronto winning it 109 to Philly's 107. Nice. I, I feel like Philadelphia's almost there. But not quite still. Yeah. And something kind of odd here. So, you know who's been really good for Philly? Corey Brewer. 
Yeah, that's so <laughs> odd. He's gotten like, two, like two 10-day contracts. So here's the thing, though, is the 10-day contract for Corey Brewer expires on Sunday. Like, mm. so, like, they kind of got to make some things a decision because you can't you can't just keep signing them to 10-day contracts like there's a limit right i think so so um yeah this is kind of like a a weird one like they you get them for a vet men i feel like you should be able to but like if for some reason like you don't have him for that game like that's actually kind of a loss for philly (laughs) so i don't know that's just kind of a weird little situation there that i hope gets worked out because i want to see a good game um, but ultimately, still going with Toronto, 109-107. Yeah, my game of the week's going to be a little different. Rockets at Kings on Wednesday, um, the day after, February 6th at 9 p.m. Central. I feel like this is going to be just like another barn burner that we saw last week with the Nuggets. Uh, and Rockets. Nuggets and Rockets. I'm cool with that. Because both teams play like so fast. Yeah. Well, at least the Kings do. Then, in theory, the Rockets do. Yeah. Um, but I got Houston winning this one, 134 to the Kings, 20, 122, not 22. Um, so, I think it'll be a fun game. Interesting, intriguing matchup. And kind of important for the Kings to win, because if they want to keep making like a playoff push, they kind of have to win these games against teams who are in the playoffs right now to catch up with the games back and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I think this is a good slate of games this week going going into trade deadline. I thought so. Um, What's the official All-Star break? So, I think it's like February 17th is the day of the game. So, like most teams, like you'll have a game on like the 13th of February, maybe the 14th, but then you get about a week off. Nice, yeah. That's gonna be a. It's gonna be a fun weekend. We'll we'll have to once the picks come out for um, the teams. We'll do a repick. Yeah, podcast. That's gonna be fun. Last time we did a repick, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we hit it. We hit it dead on. We hit it dead on. <laughs> we did the right way to do the draft. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the Couch GM Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. Uh, f- like us on Facebook, Couch GM Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And giving you an update on the Thunder Celtics game. The Celtics are up at halftime. Yeah, they are. And Rodney Hood just got traded. <gasps> To the Blazers. For Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin, and two second-round picks. So it's kind of like, what, like, get a wing for, like... The idea ahead, Torian Prince, Rodney Hood. Whatever. Rodney Hood's whatever. I would prefer Torian Prince, but that's why I'm not Neil Olshay. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. That's interesting. They'll be on our news next week. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back next week.